Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we're going to continue looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and how faith affects our life. In fact, we are going to be finishing up on Noah today from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. This is the third day in a row, I believe, of going and looking at Noah. And there is just so much that we can see from Noah in the example that he is to us about walking in faith. Of course, he walked with God, and I hope that you are walking with God today. But let's go ahead and let's get into our text in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 7, and it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of the things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of the household by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Now we see here the message, or that faith affects our message. And we see the message that was in Noah's life. The message, first of all, was in his actions. It says here, by which he condemned the world. By which he condemned the world. Which refers back, of course, to faith. The same faith that we've been looking at uh, this entire study. That faith is a title or a deed. It's a promise of things unseen. And that faith has evidences. Real faith is real evidences. And we see this here. Of course, Noah built the ark. Those were the actions that Noah took. He listened to God and he built it. He built it carefully, as we've already looked at. And he did it in accordance to exactly what God had told him to do. The faith that makes it possible to please God is also the faith we're looking at here, as it's only by faith that we're able to please God. And of course, Noah had a testimony that he pleased God as well. But this passage is talking about Noah's faith, and of course, that means It's also talking about his actions because real faith produces real evidences or has real actions. Faith without works is dead, is what it tells us in the book of James. And this isn't speaking of his preaching. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But Noah's actions had a message as well. And this message was that it condemned the world. And that word condemned, it means it judged or it condemned. And Noah's actions gave a message that others were wrong. Can you imagine people walking by in just with the way that Noah was doing things, just the way that Noah lived his life, people started getting convicted. They started getting convicted. Now, Noah's actions gave this message and people, they probably didn't like the message, but others could see Noah's faith in his actions and this caused conviction in their life. And this showed them the way to live, but Noah's life was a message of faith. You know, when people look at your life, do they see a message of faith? Do do they go and see the actions that you're supposed to have? I I think of uh, an 
old song, uh, Southern gospel song, and it, it starts off with, with this phrase. It says, I realize my life is like a Bible, and it's the only Bible some may ever read. So help me, Lord, to live a life that's humble, only pointing them to Calvary. And the question is, is does your faith impact your actions? We looked at that before. And does it impact the message of your actions? It should, but does it? Is it only seen on church day? Or is it seen the other six days of the week? Do others know that you are a Christian by the message of your life? When people look at the message of your life, how you're living your life, do people really know that you're a Christian? Or would it only be there, you know, if they asked you or if you just so happened to invite them to church on Sunday or something like that? But could people look in to your life and see that you are a Christian. I've had a few times in my life where I, I didn't have to say anything, but people just knew I was a Christian by by the actions that I was taking. And one of those was when I worked at Fairway. Uh, I worked at Fairway, a grocery store. And as I was working at that grocery store, one of the things that I've done since I was, oh, about 13 years old, maybe 14, is, is that I've carried a Bible in my back pocket. I still do it to this day. I have a pocket Bible carried in my back pocket. It's not the same one that I started with because I've worn out a few of them. Uh, but I had a Bible there in my back pocket, and I, you know, I hadn't gone and made a big endeavor to share the gospel yet. I wasn't trying to avoid that. I just hadn't ha- necessarily had the opportunities uh, at at Fairway there, and this was just being there for a couple weeks. And one time here in that couple weeks, somebody noticed I had a Bible in my back pocket. And all of a sudden, uh, you, you could just see people going and, and they're talking to each other and, and then they're seeing me come by and, you know, you can tell they're talking about you. And, and I just thought, huh, I wonder what they're talking about me about. This will be interesting to find out. And, and it was about halfway through the shift that uh, one of the guys came up to me and he goes, he says, so do you like really carry a Bible in your pocket? Now, I hadn't told anybody. I hadn't pulled the Bible out or anything like that. Somebody had just noticed it. In fact, that maybe they saw me uh, on break. Um, I would go and read my Bible on break, but and then they saw me put the Bible back in the pocket. Like, oh, you know, where'd that come from? And but it, anyway, it ended up that everybody in the store, everybody worked in the store, knew that I had a Bible, carried a Bible in my back pocket, and they were all talking about it. That was the whole subject for a day. But it opened up the opportunity to share the gospel, and I was able to share the gospel with, uh, with the guy who came up and talked with me. And he was uh, actually, him and his family had escaped from Iraq. And it was interesting because he invited me over to his house one day, and I was able to share the gospel not just with him, but two of his brothers and his dad and his mom, and really go and share the gospel with them and share how Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, how he was buried and he rose again on the third day to provide a way of salvation for all who would believe. And and it was an opportunity, but where did this opportunity really start with? It really started with simply keeping the Word of God near me. That was a lifestyle. That's something that I've I, I've really made a lifestyle is that I want to keep the Word of God near me. Now, that's not necessarily what you have to do, but will people be able to look into your life? Are you doing things that people will be able to look into your life and know that you are a Christian, that there's something different about you? 
Well, it's not just the message of our actions, though, that faith should affect. It's also, of course, the message of our mouth. And, uh, of course, Noah had a message as well. In 2 Peter 2.5, we find out it says this, And it did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of the world of the ungodly. Now, we see here Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a preacher of his mouth, not just of his actions. He, he didn't just live a godly life, but he actually proclaimed righteousness and godliness. See, Noah didn't just leave a message with his life, but he also did so with his mouth. And this is important because Romans ten fourteen says this, How shall they call on him whom, whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Noah preached righteousness. See, words are important. You haven't shared the gospel until you share it with your mouth. It's good to have the right actions. The action should be there. That's important, but you can't just have the actions. You must speak out. It's so important to do that. And it's so, because that's the only way that people can, can believe is through hearing the word of God. See, Noah, though, he was a preacher of righteousness. And of course, the way to righteousness has always been the same. It's by grace through faith. And Noah had faith. And so therefore, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, I've heard a lot of uh, people speculate, you know, why did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord? Well, it's it's not much of a mystery. It's because he had faith. That's, that's the only way that we can get grace, right? For by grace, you say through faith, through faith. It's through faith. That's, that's the way that Noah obtained grace. And th- this is something that's important because when we think about the idea of getting saved, it's justification. Well, what does it mean to be justified? It means to be declared righteous. That's what that me- word means. It's a legal term meaning to be declared righteous. And so what was Noah preaching? He was preaching righteousness, telling the people, you need to be declared righteous by God, which the only way you can be declared righteous by God is by grace through faith that Jesus Christ takes your punishment for you. He takes your sin and he takes it on his cross and you accept the substitute or the propitiation that Jesus made for you. See, Noah preached with his mouth and I believe Noah did this while he was working. Can you imagine there just taking a hammer going and and building this great ark. And as he's going and doing this, people coming around and seeing the great spectacle. You know, they they, they made a, a replica of Noah's ark over in Kentucky. Ken Ham did this with the uh, Creation Museum. And, and it is a spectacle. I, I have not been there personally, but I know several people who have been there. And people talk about this, that, wow, this thing's really big and it draws people in. They want to go see the ark. Well, Noah wasn't building a replica. He was building the real deal so people could go and see this thing. And I believe crowds would gather to see the spectacle of this big boat that this guy Noah was making. You know, they're probably saying he's this crazy guy. And so as he has these crowds gathering around, he's not wasting an opportunity, but he's warning them of the judgment that's to come and that they need to be declared righteous. They need to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And you can almost hear it through the the, the, the pounding of the hammer into the nails and then the stopping and just saying, hey, yeah, do you guys know Jesus Christ is your Savior? That Noah would be going out and proclaiming that. Now, Noah did this not for just one year or two years, but he did it for 120 years years. And of course, ultimately, it was only him and his family who was saved. 
Uh, but Noah is a picture of faithfulness. He's a picture of faithfulness. And remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And of course, faith is a big part of faithfulness because the reason you keep at it is because you believe God in his word. You believe him in his promises, even if it takes 120 years and you don't have near as many converts. You know, we don't, we don't remember all those other people uh, in, in the names of the genealogies that come in Genesis chapters 1 through 5 or, or, or whatever it is there. We, we don't remember all of those names. I mean, sure, you know, you remember Methuselah because he lived uh, 969 years. And of course, remember Adam because he was the first one. And of course, remember Cain and Abel because, you know, there's a story that goes with that. And you remember Enoch. But, but you know, there are times tons and tons, dozens of people who are mentioned in all of these genealogies. And really from Noah's uh, day and age, you remember Noah. Why? Because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, because he had faith and faith affected his actions and faith affected his message. And it didn't affect the other people. It didn't affect, they didn't have faith. So therefore it couldn't affect them. God calls us though, to always preach with both our life and our mouth. So the question is, what is the message of your life and what is the message of your mouth? Remember, it's vital to preach, not just with your life, but also with your mouth. A lot of times we like to to just kind of, you know, slide by by just going and having, you know, a good actions is what we like to say. You know, I'm witnessing with my actions, but remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God There is no neutral message. See, sometimes we think that we can have a silent impact, but in reality, we're having no impact. The message of our mouth is either encouraging someone to heaven or the silence is pushing people to hell. And the message of our mouth ought to be the gospel, faith-filled message. And our faith ought to affect our message. So today... As we're wrapping up on Noah, the question is, does your faith affect your message? Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle. already begun know that God's up to something